Full-time podcast producer episode 16, where we are going to talk about your own home DIY studio setup on a budget. So recently we just got done talking about sound and some things you can do to control your sound quality and how important that is. And someone made the suggestion that why not do an episode that just encompasses the entire DIY setup for a home studio. And I realized that is a really good idea. You know, I've sprinkled a bit here and there throughout different episodes hinting at at what you can do, and I realize there's not one cohesive episode that has everything put together. So that's what this episode is designed to do, and there are a couple things that I am assuming going into this. Number one, I am assuming that you are on a budget. I've put together kind of a kit, minimal build-out of what you can expect or, or what you can do to have a quality audio production going on as far as your hardware for your podcast. And if you have about $150 to invest into your podcast, then I think that is a good budget for getting this set up to work for you. I'm also assuming that you have a computer or a laptop that you are recording your podcast with. There are other ways to do that, and we will talk about that probably in another episode, but that is another parameter I'm setting on this, and I'm also assuming that you have a dedicated recording space, be it your office, be it a closet, be it your bathroom, be it wherever it is that you are recording your podcast, corner of a room. I'm assuming that you have something that is at least consistent from episode to episode where you record your show. Now, with having that all that out of the way, if this episode is helpful for you and if you are liking episodes like this, be sure that you pause right here and subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Let us know what else it is that you would like to hear about. And let's go ahead and go into this kit. Number one, it's important to audit the space that you're using for your podcast. If you have been recording in an open office, you know, that is great. But if you don't have some furniture in the room or something on the other side of the microphone to kind of absorb the sound that's coming from you, then all that sound is going to go around the room and come right back to the mic. And that's going to contribute to that echo that we talked about in the last episode that you can do a few changes just to get rid of and really increase the quality of of the sound for your show. I'm not going to go too deep into this number one step or, or attribute to the to the kit. But if you go back to that last episode, you will be able to understand where I'm coming from with this. J- just to give you some highlights, sound bounces around the room and it will eventually come back to the microphone. And that's where a lot of the room ambience echo comes from. And if you have a way to muffle that sound, open office, have a lot of furniture around you, closed small space, have like a quilt or even like a coat rack on the other side of your microphone, you will be amazed what kind of a difference will happen to your sound quality. And that's not something you need to go out and buy a bunch of sound boards or or foam boards for in order to compensate for if that's not in your budget. There are a lot of DIY fixes for that. I encourage you to go back to episode 14, 15, listen to those and get an idea of what you can do to improve your media space for recording your podcast. Number two, microphone. For your microphone kit, you have to have something to actually record your voice for the podcast. And my go-to microphone for beginning podcasters would be the Blue Yeti microphone. 
The Blue Yeti USB is a very, very easy to use microphone. And one of the key factors about it is it allows you to monitor your own voice while you are recording. There are a lot of different microphones out there and not all of them have this feature. If you are needing to do a sound test, you could go through and record an entire episode without realizing that your sound quality is off. And it's just a matter of pressing a button, turning up a dial, and the Blue Yeti mic allows you to do this before you start recording. You can do it live. Now, it is also very, very easy to use. And while it seems to be the mainstream microphone to use, that's not the reason I suggest it. The reason I suggest it is because it is a quality product. And for the kind of voice quality output that you're going to get from it, it's actually really good for the price point that it's at. You can get one used. I think I got mine used for under $100. This was a couple years ago, so I haven't checked where the price is at right now. But if you are ready to invest in the sound quality for your microphone and don't think that you want to be buying a new mic every year, then this would be a good one that would last you for a really long time. The next piece of your media kit will be your recording device. Now, there are a litany of digital recorders out there, some that will record USB, some that will record XLR, some that need an adapter to be able to cross-platform and everything. But... What about your computer? What about what about your laptop? That is how I really encourage a lot of people to start and not worry about the big, heavy, expensive equipment because your computer can really do everything that you need for your podcast just like a digital recorder could. And best part is you probably already have one. You don't need to go out and spend a bunch of money to get a new one. You just need one that will connect to your microphone of choice. In this case, we're talking about a USB microphone, the Blue Yeti. Connect it, make sure your settings are right, and make sure that it is recording properly to your computer. The only thing that you really need to worry about in using a computer as a recording device is there are already multiple inputs going into your computer, and it can get easily confused as to which audio input you need to use while you're recording your podcast. I've been in a number of situations where I am recording into my built-in microphone and not realizing it until I've recorded an entire episode. And it's really, really annoying, but it's a small trade-off versus going and getting a bunch of equipment versus just reminding myself to double-check my settings before I press the record button. The next part of your kit from your recording device is going to be recording software. Now, this is also an advantage you have with your computer because that's where your recording software is going to be. You could actually record directly onto your recording software if you're using something like Audition or Audacity or GarageBand or anything like that. You can record actually onto your computer using those softwares and then go right into editing afterwards if you want to. There's also the option of using something like Zencaster, which is my favorite go-to online recording service. Zencaster allows me to record my episodes locally onto my computer, saving it in an MP3 file in a way that doesn't take up a lot of space. Also on my computer, if I didn't want to have Adobe Audition on my computer, I could stick with Zencaster and not have to take up that extra space for having a digital audio workstation. Also, Zencaster is great because it will allow me to have guests onto my show and maintain the audio quality of the content. 
Some people still try to record podcasts with Zoom. That is a terrible way to go. I, I know even some of my clients still like to use Zoom for the sake of the ease and everything, but if you want to ensure the audio quality of your show, then you need to take some time to learn about some of the digital recording softwares that are out there, the digital audio studios that are out there, such as Zencaster. StreamYard, uh, Riverside, there, there are a few others, and they're all great. But the importance of using those versus Zoom is that everything will be recorded locally. Whenever you're doing Zoom and someone's, you know, they're, they're saying something very profound and, and it's a golden nugget you want to keep for the podcast and all of a sudden there's a slight hiccup in their internet and the call drops for just a microsecond. Well, that distortion is going to stay in the audio when you have it in post. And it, it's the most annoying thing because sometimes it was an important word or it was a key fact and it's lost to you and the audience forever. Versus when I record on Zencaster, even if the call drops for a second and I hear it and I see it and I know it happened, they might not know. They've been riffing this whole time. And by the time I'm working with the audio in post, I have everything cohesively. The audience was none the wiser. One last factor when it comes to Zencaster is Zencaster is free. They have a free plan that allows you to record up to eight hours of audio and video a month, and it's at no expense to you. It resets every month. Most of the shows, actually all the shows that have been on that have used Zencaster, have yet to exceed that eight hours with the content that they record. And it hasn't cost my clients or, or myself a cent. It is wonderful. Pivoting from the software and going back to hardware for just a second, number five is you need to have some sort of boom arm and or shock mount for your microphone. If I could show you the video for the podcast, which this episode is not being recorded for video, but if I could show it to you, you would see currently there is an arm that has springs and some gadgets and hinges on it that is holding the microphone up to my face. And connecting the microphone to that arm is a bungee cord circle that is keeping my microphone kind of suspended in air in a way. So if I was to hit my computer, which you, you definitely heard that, or, or type, or pick up my coffee, take a sip and put it back, you wouldn't hear the actual impact or the vibrations of what's going on with the table. Now, I hit my table really, really hard on purpose, but there are so many times when I am moving my hands with dramatic gestures and everything going on, or I'm moving my mouse around so I can move my script and, and scroll down to the next thing that I need to say, when if I'm not using this shock mount and this boom arm, you would hear everything going on in the background. These two devices have cut down on my editing time and increased my audio quality so much with all the little things that I don't have to worry about anymore that it has been more than worth the investment that I have put into it. I believe you can get a full blown out kit that includes the boom arm and a shock mount that will work for a lot of microphones for around $20 to $30. If you're going with the Blue Yeti mic, you will need to get a specific shock mount that you can attached to the base of that microphone. And I believe those run anywhere between $18 and, and $25, depending on what brand you go with. I've found that the off-brand for those pieces of equipment work just as well as the name brand until you start getting into brands like Rode. Then they're worth the money, but you're going to pay a lot of money for those. So keeping things under budget, 
look for the cheapest option. Make sure it can support the weight for the microphone that you are wanting to use, and you will have no problems. Last piece of hardware equipment that I think is a must for most podcasts would be a pop filter and or windscreen. I just realized, you know, the earlier episodes for this podcast did include video. So if you go over to YouTube or go over to Live Stuff Media and just watch the back catalog for those link in the descriptions below, you will see the different pieces of equipment I'm using for the podcast. And hinging off of the big boom arm that I'm using, you will see a corrugated cloth looking circle that is between me and my microphone. And that is my pop filter. If I was to get up close to the mic and say, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers and then remove it one second, Peter Piper picked a peck of peppers. I said that wrong, but still you can see and hear the difference. Let me go back between how I sound with and without that filter. I'm roughly the same distance from the microphone each time. And there is a massive change in how much wind is exiting my mouth on my P sounds and my T sounds and my S's going to the microphone. And it catches all that and really, really helps with the quality. There are different ways to go about doing this. This is my chosen way because there's not really one that was made for the microphone that I use. There's also pop filters, which are those foam half circles or cups that you will see go on top of microphones. That is a great option to go with as well. I usually use both whenever I can just to cover all my bases and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you go ahead and whenever you are looking at a microphone or at a boom stand, arm, shock mount, all those pieces, sometimes you'll see custom kits on Amazon or even eBay where those pieces of equipment are already included with whatever hardware it is that you are purchasing. So I tell people try to get a kit that will encompass all those pieces of equipment. It saves you a little bit of money, saves you a bit on shipping, and it saves you a lot on time instead of having all these pieces come from multiple places. But that is about it for really what goes into having the parts you need for a quality DIY setup for a podcast. In the next episode, we're going to talk about what that would look like if you were to go with a more higher end budget system. Just give you an idea, not of what would break the bank going all out like Joe Rogan, but what you could do to take your sound to the next level while still maintaining an in-house DIY studio where it's just you working with your immediate equipment, but you can just bring that sound up a little bit more or give you something more that you can work with when you're editing in post. Guys, if this episode has been helpful for you at all, please let me know. I will have links in the show notes for all the pieces of equipment that I've talked about. I will also be available if you have any questions or even if you need help setting those things up or if you have another piece that you'd like to add to the mix and just have some questions or would like some feedback. Links to my email and my LinkedIn are down in the show notes below. Be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Be sure that you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. We launch on Tuesdays and Thursdays of every week. We are getting ready to pivot into some different kinds of content going into February, so really, really excited for that. But until then, guys, I will talk to you really, really soon. Peace.